Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to The Recovery Radio Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. Follow me on Instagram sarcastic.aa.book Websites recoveryradiocamp3.com. To get the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, so glad you're here with me. I don't know if your day's just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere in the middle, but here we go. You and me. I am glad for that. Grateful I have no desire to drink today. I do have... The coffee today is extra good. I don't know why. It's just extra. It's one of those days. It's like when I used to smoke, there was days when... Cigarette just tasted so much better than other days. I don't know why. It's one of those days with the coffee. It's just so much better than normal. I don't know why. I'm just going to sit here and drink it. Somebody walks by and you're listening to this. What are you listening to, man? I'm um, just... It's just podcasts I listen to. He's just drinking coffee. It's a really good show. <laughs> so I grew up in Southern California and... Camping. It always been a part of my life growing up. My parents would take us camping to the beach. These canyons across the street from the beach, across the highway. And um, it's a pretty magical experience. And then as I got older, continued to do it. And then alcohol and drugs just ripped that and everything else apart but it just the camping experiences that I had were just nightmarish and you know just drunken drug fueled um, bad memories terrible memories terrible And then when I got sober, I don't remember how sober I was, not that long, maybe, I don't know, months, a few months, six months maybe, it occurred to me that I could go camping again, 
and assign new meaning to camping. It just dawned on me that I remember thinking about it. It was a real epiphany. Simple as it may sound, I was just thinking, you know what? I could actually go camping and just get firewood and invite a couple of friends and get snacks and play the guitar by the fire. And I could do that. Incredible. Really? I could do that without alcohol? I mean, alcohol was the center of my life. It was the sun and the solar system. It was just... It was a real revelation to imagine doing things without alcohol. So I remember the first camping trip I put together was the person I was playing music with and my you know somebody from my early childhood and his girlfriend and this couple in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I know that only because there's pictures of that trip that I have. And there's a few, I have like four photos from that. Back when they were, you know, taking them with a camera. That's it. No, no phones. And it was so fun that I started to do it a lot. And I remember not that long after that, you know, I mean, wasn't sober for very long, but there was a bunch of us in AA who went camping. And I remember the energy. I remember the feeling that I got, that I had, that that night had. It was so promising and hopeful and light and everybody felt so close I remember we walked down across the street across the highway to the ocean it was dark and uh, I don't know it was at night and we were over there and and somehow we all decided to, this is a bunch of men and women. Somehow we all decided to just, we all felt so good. We all decided to just take off all of our clothes and run around this empty beach. Just run around in the moonlight. And there were no, there were no couples here that I could remember. There was no, it didn't, I mean, very memorable, memorable because there was nothing sexual about this, which in my life was just very odd, pronounced moment. And so we all just got naked and just running all over the beach for I don't know how long, but we would pass one another, you know, in the moonlight and we were just having the amazing time. 
and the feeling, like I said, of just the warmth and the the camaraderie was just, we were a bunch of young people. And it just felt so freeing and so good. That was a long time ago. I don't remember who was there exactly. I haven't remembered for a long time, but it was a very, very important time in my sobriety because I was free enough to be able to start to assign new meaning to everything and decide what things I liked, what things I didn't like, and what things I wanted to keep doing and what things I didn't want to keep doing and who I was truly without drugs and alcohol. I got to do that. I have so many memories like that in terms of just their richness and texture and the power of the emotion attached to it. I have so many memories that flood my heart with, I don't know, sweetness, affection, so many. For somebody who hated humankind when I got sober, for somebody who just despised people, everybody, it is such a huge turnaround. I mean... You've only known me sober if you're listening to this, but I mean, I hated everybody. The idea of doing something that involved, you know, just the use of the word camaraderie made me violently ill. I just did not. I hated the world. I really did. And, um, so it's just incredible to look back on, you know, so many things like that sometimes and talk about it. And, you know, you, everybody has some version of a, a, an incredible life somewhere inside of them. I've gotten to and get to live my version of that because of the 12 steps. I mean, that's why I see the direct link between um, the 12 steps and the happy fulfilling life that I'm living. It's not 
unrelated to that whatsoever. It is directly related. It's because of that. How I think. How I interact with the world. How I handle conflict. How I treat people who wrong me. How I think about people who wrong me. How I have come to see the unknown as friendly. And not a threat. The unknown is not a threat to me anymore. The unknown is actually The unknown can be very loving. The full responsibility I'm able to take for what I'm doing. My willingness to find my part and own it and have those conversations. The level of compassion that I feel for other people now. The level of excitement I feel for creativity. The deep knowing that I'm nothing without God. That nobody's thinking about me. It's just not about me. I used to really think that there was somewhere in the universe where my feelings about stuff really mattered. They were really incredible. They were very important. But I but I but what about what I think? I'm not saying this in a demeaning way towards myself. I mean in one way what I think and feel is everything to me matters to the people around me, affects how I think, what I do, how I live. But in another way, who cares? I remember going to meetings when I was early in sobriety and sharing about what was going on with me and really deeply believing that people like everybody in the room like really cared about exactly what I was talking about. I don't know what I was talking about. I know enough to know now that many people in the room are thinking about what they're going to share or what they ate for breakfast or whether or not they're tired and how people are perceiving them. And it's just, that's a real blessing to learn that <laughs> after you wade through the pain of that. <laughs> I was just telling somebody the other day that I remember when I got my first commitment in AA and it was over and I had to give it up. I was the literature person somewhere and I, I've shared about this on here, I'm sure, but I came the next week to the meeting and the literature was set up. I mean, and I was offended. I was shocked. Isn't that funny? I was like, wait a minute, you don't need me here? This is going to go on whether I'm here or not. That was legitimately 
painful. How dare you guys have a meeting without me? I was the literature person for six months. I took the literature stand out of that cardboard box in that cabinet and I set it up there. You guys think you can just have a meeting with the literature set out like that without me? I mean, this sounds insane to me now to say, but honestly, honest to God, I had to kind of get over that. <laughs> it's so stupid now. But I really, really was kind of hurt. It's funny. Anyways, so I have to go model. I don't have all day to sit here with you. I gotta. I'm doing something very G-rated today. It's um, I'm voicing my own character in an upcoming Disney cartoon called Blue Eyes. And it's just this prince with really, really blue eyes and shine, like flashlights on everybody he talks to. And I get to voice my own character, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> and I have a sidekick. I think it's a llama. All right, I'll stop. If anybody needs to hear it, I'll say everything's okay. Write to me, sarcasticbigbook at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, sarcastic.aa.book. I don't know why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live life that was worth saving. And I hope you'll do the same.